Police say the suspect, 31-year-old Jeffrey Dahmer, has confessed to the killings of 11 people whose remains were found in his apartment. We are all evil in some form or another, are we not? Lock your doors, lock your windows. If you have the ability to provide additional security devices, then by all means do so. Hey guys, welcome to episode 8 of The True Crime Couple. I'm Kay. And I'm John. Before we start the episode, we wanted to encourage everyone to follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're The True Crime Couple, and the same goes for Instagram. You can also visit our website and interact with our blogs at thetruecrimecouple.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you think about the case, what are some of your theories, and what you think about ours. If Facebook is your thing, you can be a part of the True Crime Couple fan page, which is run and operated by our friend Amanda Lynn. Also, if you wanted to help us out, it would be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes and let us know how we're doing, what you think about the podcast, and give us a five-star rating if you like us. If you want to help out a little bit more, you can donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash truecrimecouple. So we would appreciate anything you wanted to give us, whether it be a dollar or the top $15, whatever you think we deserve. Okay, so now let's get to the show. Let's do it. The case we will be covering tonight is not like what we've covered in past episodes. Instead of just focusing on one criminal act, we're going to cover the struggle of a rural Oregon county to protect its citizens despite itself. And when I say despite itself, I mean the entire community, from citizens to law enforcement to the government. Due to matters beyond this county's control, extreme budget cuts had to be made. First on the chopping block was the sheriff's department. When the citizens of the town were asked to vote yes on a tax levy, which would keep the sheriff's department operating at the same level it had before, they voted no. For years. They did this despite being broadcasted on national television due to infuriating 911 calls and a dramatic increase in criminal activity. Throughout the next hour, we're going to talk about what happened to the county's budget, the horrible things the citizens endured, how some citizens took law enforcement into their own hands, and how different sheriffs tried to fix the problem. And finally, we're going to talk about where that county is now. Just a disclosure, if 911 calls aren't your thing, this episode might not be for you. There's nothing graphic, but it's just incredibly infuriating. Josephine County sits in southwestern Oregon and is presently home to just under 86,000 people. And with a square mileage of 1,642, it's larger than the whole state of Rhode Island. Originally, Josephine County was founded after prospectors found gold in a tiny stream during the time of the gold rush in the 1850s. Years later, after the gold rush cooled down, the area was reestablished by the Oregon and California Railroad, also known as the ONC Railroad. This railroad connected Portland, Oregon to California. However, in 1916, the ONC Railroad was shut down and taken over by the federal government due to mismanagement of money and fraud committed by the builders and owners. It's just... I just want to take a brief second to just say, every time I hear these O&C railroads and all these other railroads that you hear about (laughs) in the past, I just feel like I'm playing fucking Monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. It's not the B&O railroad. No, it's not. All land owned by the railroad was now federally controlled. Now, the largest portion of Josephine County, which was owned by the railroad, no longer provided a tax revenue. 
So the county didn't have a way to collect taxes. So the county lost a tremendous amount of money when this land got taken over by the federal government because the federal government doesn't pay taxes. Lucky for them. Very lucky for them. We know about taxes being that we're from New Jersey. This was devastating to the income of not just Josephine County, but all the other counties that house the ONC railroads. They all lost a lot of money, but it took up a huge portion of Josephine County. Congress, however, came up with a solution. Their solution was timber. They established a system of channeling revenue from harvested timber from federally owned lands. The counties would receive a certain percentage of the timber sales. Therefore, they wouldn't lose the money they would have been getting from tax revenue, but the government could also make a profit. So it really was, at the time, a win-win situation. But this win-win situation didn't last for long because over the years, federal timber harvest had been reduced for many reasons, whether it be to preserve nature, the resources, or the animals that needed that habitat to survive. This, for these Oregon counties, especially Josephine County, has become a slow motion disaster. Although this problem has been brewing for quite some time, no one seemed to be proactively trying to find a solution, which happens in most bureaucracies. Nobody's going to try and fix a problem. They're just going to let it get to its worst point. So the reserve built up by the town slowly started to dwindle, and all at once the tax cuts hit Josephine County like a freight train. Ooh, I like it. You like that one? (laughs) 2012 is when the dramatic budget cuts were to hit the county. Because of federal cuts to timber subsidies, the sheriff at the time, Gil Gilbertson, stated that his $12 million budget was now going to drop to $5.2 million. County and state officials came up with a plan to counteract this drop in budget, and this was a tax levy. The levy would increase taxes in the county by $1.48 for every $1,000 a home was assessed for. So this would, on average, lead to $222 more in taxes per year based on the average household's assessment, which is $150,000. So I looked into house sales in 2012 and they said that the average house was assessed at 150. But it was really difficult to find a house for 150,000. So I think that they were bringing into account the trailer parks in the county as well. So although they say on average it's going to raise taxes $222, I really think it was going to be a little bit more than that. And that's why the citizens were kind of opposed to this, because they felt like they were kind of being lied to when they said it's going to be a minimal raise in your taxes. It's going to be a little bit more than they were trying to let on. Right. And I'm sure it's different compared. I mean, if let's say you have a family in a trailer park and a family in a a regular home, um, they're probably wondering, okay, why are we paying this in a trailer park as compared to, oh, you know, it's almost the same. I live in a home. Maybe maybe it was like one of those things where they were both paying almost the same and they were living in totally different situations. Correct. I mean, they gr- Josephine County is very diverse where you're going to have some towns within the county that have homes that are assessed for over 600,000 and then you're going to have some trailer parks. So I think that 
people were worried about carrying the burden of this tax levy as compared to other citizens, which is usually the case when we talk about people raising taxes. And I have nothing against anybody in trailer parks. Trailer parks are awesome. No. Think about this, right? It's like every day (laughs) is like going camping. It's great. They have the best life ever. Okay. (laughs) Moving forward. So based on that assessment for $148 for every $1,000 assessed, that would lead to a increase in the sheriff's budget of $9 million. Now, with this $9 million increase, that would actually mean he had more money than his original $12 million budget. So he would be able to hire more deputies, which is always good because you have more safety in your county. It's also important to note here that Josephine County pays the lowest property taxes in the entire state of Oregon. 52% of the county came out to vote, and the levy was defeated 51% to 49%. Now, they did win by over 500 votes, but that was how the percentages fell. Sheriff Gilbertson came out with a statement after the vote. He said, The feds have laid claim to all the trees. We can't cut them down for timber sales, and now they've walked away and turned their backs on us. Then it was up to the people who don't have jobs to pay more taxes for law enforcement, and they just can't do it. So what will the sheriff's department do? We'll just do the best we can, and crime will go up. That's really unfortunate. It is. Now that leads to the question that is it right to sacrifice law enforcement to cut taxes? To be honest with you, no. It should be the last thing that you cut. I mean, think about it. If you don't have law enforcement... It's just going to turn, your whole county is going to turn into like the wild, wild west. That's true. And you're not going to attract more people to come live in your county with them knowing that there's not going to be sheriff officers on patrol. And as a, as a citizen, how the hell could you be safe every time you walk out your door knowing that there's like, if you needed assistance, you wouldn't get it for hours or at all. Right, that it wouldn't be there for you. That's crazy. It is very unfortunate, and it seems to be a continuing theme that's happening in the western sections of the United States, where people are voting to lower their taxes and not spend the money on law enforcement. And then now you have this issue of citizens protecting themselves and protecting their property, and we have seen a big increase in the whole idea of, you know, the castle law these citizen watch programs and all the bad things that happen with that. We're going to talk about that a little bit later about is this the right thing to do? Because when you put control in the hands of citizens, a lot of bad things can happen. That's why law enforcement is called law enforcement. There's laws that they enforce and there's ways that you go about it. Right. Training. Like these people have training. Correct. Okay. So how did this reduction in $6.8 million affect the Josephine County Sheriff's Department and the citizens of the county? 23 deputies lost their jobs, meaning there are now only six deputies left in all of Josephine County. Their major crimes unit was completely eliminated. So now if there's a crime scene in Josephine County, they have to call in a major crimes unit from another county, which is going to cost the county money in the long run. The actual processing center and the sheriff's office hours were reduced to only 12 hours a week. In total, including corrections officers, deputies, secretaries, lab techs, court security, and the sheriff himself, 
the whole department went from 98 employees to only 58. And the the court security, so that's the sheriff's officer who's in the courts while court is in session, there was only one person working full-time. That's insane. It is. Now, the jail situation is a little bit more complicated because there are certain mandates that are set by the state that the county has to meet, but it's really hard to meet on this limited budget. So legally, due to these mandates, the jail has to operate, and it has to operate with 21 employees. But now if you think about it, they only have 58 employees in total. 21 of those have to go to the jail. So I'm sure that these people were completely... I mean, obviously, they were understaffed. Yeah, and they were taken away from patrol. So people that were set up for patrol had to leave patrol and go to the jail. And that's what's going to happen. I mean, we'll see. Spoiler alert. They don't pass this levy for years to come. So people are going to have to be taken off of patrol and put into the jail because they have to maintain those 21 employees in total. Right. Now, you need 21 people. You need 21 officers to hold that. Well, not just 21 officers, like on staff too. Like you're going to need secretaries. You're going to need... No, I'm aware of okay. that. But as far as the the jails themselves or yes. the jail itself, you know, you have... There's a difference between correction officers and actual patrolmen, deputies. So that were they using deputies to go into the correctional facilities? Correct. See, because... I'm not an expert. Well, it's but a reduct. W- it's it's a different training program. Right, that's what I was saying. I mean, because in order to house inmates and to make sure fights don't break out, that's different than it's different training. Training, correct. But these, they are going to bring the patrolmen or the deputies that were once corrections officers, and then they went through the training again to become patrolmen. So they basically got demoted. Yeah. In a sense. In a sense. Cool. Right. Great. Now, another problem with the jails is that they can't afford to house these prisoners. The county jail in Josephine County has the capacity to hold 262 prisoners. But as of 2012, they can only afford to hold 130. And that means currently in 2012, well, in 2012, they had 169. So they had to release... 39 prisoners in 2012. They just them. Just let them go. Yeah, based on um, good behavior. Yeah, right. Good behavior. Yeah. So of those prisoners who were released, some have as many as 20 felony charges, and some included third-degree rape and robbery. The release of these prisoners was covered by several media outlets, and these men, literally, were running from the jail. That's comical. It is. I mean, this is the thing, though. Just really quick sidebar, like mm-hmm. side note here. I understand the county's going through budget cuts. I completely understand that. That's great. But why couldn't the next ta- uh, county over just assist in the the taking of those 39 extra inmates that they could not house? Because if Josephine County were to send those prisoners to other counties, we would have to pay for the renting of beds. Right, but do you see the No, problem? I see what you're saying. Like, do you see how everything... It involves money. Even, it does. Even the protection of people in a certain county, it's all about money. Well, it's interesting to see in doing the research on this case that the budget cuts actually led to the spending of more money. Right, because you had to bust everything out, whether it was... Yeah, we have to pay for... Yeah. They had to pay for other counties to, to perform certain duties. And at that point, you might as legally. well just raise the taxes so you could afford to do all your own things on your own. Correct. And... 
Another thing I thought was interesting was at some level, this crisis in Josephine County had to hurt all taxpayers in the state of Oregon because when Josephine County deputies were not on duty, the Oregon State Police had to respond. So now that's going to lead to more Oregon State Police having to answer calls in Josephine County, which is going to cost more to taxpayers. And let's be real. Oregon the Oregon State Police, I mean, yeah, they, they have, I'm sure there's certain jurisdictions somewhere. But think about this. If I had some an emergency, and let's say the Oregon State Police had to come instead of Josephine County, let's be real here. How are they going to reach you? How are they going to reach you? And they're not... And familiar with the area as much and i'm not trying to um make fun of any well, no, county you but know if you know you if know you're your in areas. some sort of back road country road or whatever which most of these towns are in josephine county that's my point point. and think about it alone even if these the oregon state police were in the county over josephine county is 1600 square feet it's going to take hours to get to wherever they have to be that's what i'm trying to say it's crazy um, going back to the releasing of the 39 prisoners, uh, one former inmate who was in jail for domestic battery and sexual assault charges was asked by reporters what he was going to do now that he was out. His response was, chase girls. Stop it. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. When explaining this new patrol situation, the sheriff's department is going to urge victims of domestic abuse to relocate to areas where law enforcement would be able to reach them. Because the sheriff's department now knows that, like, say you have a restraining order against somebody. If a deputy is not on patrol, no one's going to get to you. So what he's really trying to say is pack up, pack up all your shit and leave right. everything that you know because we can't protect you. Correct. That's crazy. Now, the sheriff's deputies are only on call Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., and there's only six deputies. As of 2012, we're going to talk about what happens in later years, but in 2012, there's only six deputies on patrol. I mean, they're basically working like a telemarketer shift. Right. I mean, these are police officers. What the hell? And it's not the police officer's fault. I'm sure they would have loved to get overtime, but the overtime wouldn't be approved because they didn't have the money for it. Makes sense. So now the county is left with a reduction in forces, limited times for patrol, and now an influx of criminals on the street that they had to release. Those who voted down the levy stated that things will be no worse or no better now than when they were able to fully fund their sheriff's department. Others stated that they felt safe because they were able to defend their own property. What these citizens failed to foresee is the fact that their rural county would soon be on national news due to their reduction in the sheriff's forces and their attitudes on the idea of self-protection. A 911 call was released to the press after an inquiry about a specific event that occurred in Cave Junction, Oregon, which is in Josephine County. It's a very secluded town. A call came in at 4.58 a.m. on Saturday morning on August in August 2012, just three months after the tax levy was voted down and during a time when there were no officers on patrol. The woman who made the call, who remains anonymous, claimed that her ex-boyfriend was attempting to break into her home. He had warrants out for his arrest and on separate occasions had put her in the hospital. Because of budget cuts to the sheriff's department, her call was routed to the state police. 
So right now we're going to play the call for you. 911 emergency. My ex-boyfriend is trying to break into my house. I'm not letting him in, but he's like tried to break down the door and he's trying to break into one of the windows. He put me in the hospital a few weeks ago and I've been trying to keep him alive. August 18, 2012, 4, 58, 38 a.m. Oregon State Police, this is Ray. Hi, Ray. Hi, this is Ina, Joe County 911. Uh -huh. I have a caller that is at uh -huh. and she says that someone, her boyfriend is at her door trying to break in. Okay. My, my ex-boyfriend ex violent. She's done violently to stay in the past, Michael Bella. I told him I was going to call. He's now trying to break in through the window. He's trying to jimmy it open. Okay. Um, are you, do you have anybody else in the house with you? No, I don't. Okay. What's your name? My name is... Okay. And what's your callback number? Do you live there? No, he does not. Are you still there? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I don't have anybody to send out there. Okay. Uh, you know, obviously, if he comes inside the residence and assaults you, can you ask him to go away, or do you know if he's intoxicated or anything? I've, I've already asked him. I've already told him I was calling you. He's spoken before, busted down my door, assaulted me. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so... Is there I, any way I'll, you can safely leave the residence? No, I can't, because he's blocking pretty much my only way out. With a vehicle, or...? Um, with the vehicle and with himself on my front door also. Okay, is there anybody that you can call to come over and help you, or do you have any friends? Um, he has sat there and destroyed my phone that had all of my contacts in it because uh -huh. I have neighbors because he's done, this, he's done this. I can't get a hold of my neighbors. I don't know what the phone numbers are. I just had to get a new phone. <sighs> okay. Well, the only thing I can do is give you some advice and call the sheriff's office tomorrow, um, obviously if he comes in and unfortunately has a weapon or is trying to cause you physical harm, that's a different story. I, you know, the sheriff's office doesn't work up there. I don't have anybody to send. Okay. And we don't dispatch for him. Um, like I said, it's an unfortunate situation. Okay. But I'll have to take care of myself, I guess. Well, you have every right to do that. I can't tell you what to do, but um, is he still there? Yes, he is. Okay. All right. Well, um, do you want to do you want to stay on the phone with me until we figure out what he might do, or can you ask him to leave? I asked him to leave a million times. Okay, but he does not live there with you. Is that what you're saying? He does not. Okay. Has he lived there previously? No. Okay. Where is he now? And he's now outside my bedroom window trying to take off the cup, trying to get through that window. Does he know that you're on the phone? I don't know. I, look, if I can hear him screaming and yelling, I would think he could get yeah. on the phone. I told him I was going to. Okay. He says he doesn't care. What's he doesn't the... have any, he doesn't care because he knows that no one's out here. And so. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, it's definitely unfortunate. What's your street address again? I lost the information. Two. Okay. All right. And what's his name? Michael Bella. B E L L A. B E L L A H. And how old is he? He's um, 29. Is he a white male? Yes. How tall? How much does he weigh? Um, five, five, five or five six, like 125 right now. Okay. Yes. What kind of vehicle does he have? Uh, um, I don't know. Right now. Yeah. 
Do you know if there's anybody with him? Oh, no, there's no one with him. And is the pickup truck in your driveway? It is. When did you guys break up? Um, we have broken up five billion times, and I've been, he um, put me in the hospital a few weeks ago, and I've been trying to keep him alive. Do you have a restraining order? I do not, because he, he's left would leave me alone until basically on the weekends, and then uh -huh. he starts this crap again. Okay. Give me your phone number one more time. Okay, where is he now? He's just walking around the house, just beating on it with I don't know what. He knows I, I have to work, um, and I'm the person who opens the whole building and everything, and that's why he's here blocking me in so I can't get out because he thinks eventually I'll come outside. Okay. Um, you, you, you really need to see if you can get a restraining order against him. You have to contact the court because... I will. He's already told me he won't let himself be served, and it's like there's just this big joke with him. So you haven't seen any weapons on him or anything? Uh, not tonight, no. Okay. Does he usually have weapons or...? Um, not, not a gun or anything, just a light. He just likes to use, like, uh, when he hits on stuff, like tools or whatever. Uh-huh. Okay. Is he still there? Do you think he's left? Yeah. No, he's still there. He's still out there screaming and yelling, cussing you out. He broke into my house before I got home. Um, I came in and he had torn a bunch of stuff up and everything, but he wasn't here anymore. So I went ahead and stayed. I didn't see Okay. Well, um, like I said, it's unfortunate. I just don't have anybody else to send out there. Okay. okay uh, you want to stay on the phone or? What do you um, no, I'm going to find a way to deal with it. Okay. Um, Call 911 if he actually gets in the house. I don't know if you want to go out and confront him. It's totally up to you. It's un Like I said, it's once again, it's unfortunate that we have, you, you guys don't have any law enforcement up there. Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't matter if he gets in the house, I'm done. That's what happened before. He put my, my phone to a wall, busted it to pieces. Took my house phone, busted it to pieces. Uh -huh. I couldn't call 911 before. Can, can, you, can you hide in the house or get out the back door or go anywhere? You don't have any... You don't, you don't have anywhere to go? No. Mm. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if I hide his on me and then he'll just be more mad. Okay. You, you do need to seek, seek some kind of assistance as far as the restraining order goes. We talked about that. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't have anybody to send out there. You can call the sheriff's office later and let them know what he was what he's doing. I, I And I don't mind staying on the phone with you. I just don't know. Okay. I'm going to go up to the window. He's trying to get in while you're on the phone with me. Okay. So that I can tell him. Michael? I'm on the phone with um, State Police. You need to go away. Michael, go away. Are you going to leave? Michael, are you going to leave? Yeah. This isn't going to do anything. He doesn't care. Cause yeah, I can hear him in the background. Yeah, do you hear him beating on the door? Yeah. Yeah. I think I was taking stuff out of my car. I don't care. 
I don't care. He's, you know what? He's already broken my house and stole my jewelry and everything. As long as he just leaves, I don't really care what he takes. But do you think he's leaving now? No, he's out tearing my car apart right now. I just opened up the trunk and he's like taking out. But wasn't your car locked? No. Was your car locked? No, it wasn't. Nope. He's just pushing it out. Now he's beating the crap out of my car. Okay, well, I mean... Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll get a returning order on Monday. It's not going to do any good, so I'll do it. Okay. At least I have something, even if it doesn't get served. All right, and okay. don't forget to call the, the sheriff's office and let them know so you can turn it in, and maybe they can go arrest him. I don't know, but it's going to it's gonna be tonight. He has a warrant out from, for his arrest, from my knowledge, uh -huh. but I've been told that, that I've heard he already has a warrant. They can't, he won't allow himself to be found. What's his so. date of birth? Um, July 11th, 1983. Okay. All right. Well, uh, notify your sheriff's department. I will. Okay. Okay, and do you, so you have this on record, though, that yes. I did call? Okay. Yes. All right, thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay, so that was the initial 911 call made by the victim, and... That is one of the most infuriating 911 calls I've ever heard. It's appalling. I, I completely understand. Now, I heard the 911 call before I did any of the research into the case. And I completely understand about the budget cuts and that the deputies are not on patrol. But the state police have to respond. And in the time that woman talked to her, she could have dispatched people from the Oregon State Police to get there. Even if it took hours, you still need someone to come to that scene because a crime is being committed. Someone's trying to break into a home. So I'm confused as to why she didn't send someone there. Right. Me too. It makes no sense at all. I mean, even if she's not the one to get the state police out there, the well, least she that is. she that can was do... A, that was a dispatcher for the state police. Okay. Well, the, the least she could do is get someone out there. That's crazy. It just... It's... She kept saying, it's unfortunate, there's no one to send to you, but there has to be someone to send. Right. It's the there, Oregon State Police, it's different. And and now that there's the budget cuts, they have to send, they're obligated to send people while the deputies aren't on patrol. So how can they ever expect these budget cuts to work if the Oregon State Police isn't honoring their end of the bargain? And I guarantee you, it's the, the it's what it is, is that they don't want to send the Oregon State Police up there. Or, you know what I mean? Those state troopers don't want to go there. No, I'm sure they don't. You know? Because now this just means more work for them. And I don't know if it's these 911 operators being desensitized because of all the calls they get. But she had no reaction to this woman who was horrified. And and I feel so calm because if that was happening to me and that's what an operator was saying to me on the phone, I think I'd be screaming. Right, but she, I think it's also... The only thing I can say in her defense, even though I hate what she said, is that think about this: you hear you hear someone that definitely needs some assistance, Correct. and you know that you can't do anything to send help. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a little different because we know that there's something that she could do. But let's just say, for argument's sake, here, I'm playing devil's advocate. You well, know? it's not it's not all in her. I know it's what she's being directed right. and told. But let's to just do. say I know. that that's the situation you're in. You know, you can't help her. So, how much more could you do over the phone? I understand that, but you don't say to the woman, 
Oh, you didn't lock your car? Oh, no, no. I don't agree with anything she said like I just said before. I think everything she said was absolute bullshit. Horrible. I couldn't believe it. I make a mental list in my head every time I hear it asking her, you don't have friends you can call? You are the police. I'm calling you. You're you're who I'm supposed to call. Right. But that also ties into the whole citizen's arrest squad. And you know what I mean? They were self-patrolling. Well, so- I think that I know that they said the Oregon State Police is going to come if it's a life or death situation. But once she says that he has warrants out for his arrest and that he's put her in the hospital before, that then becomes a life or death situation. Right, because it will escalate for sure. Yeah, and she hears him banging on the door and just, can you hide? Can you leave the house? Well, if she could leave the house, I'm pretty sure she would have left the house already. Yeah, I think, yeah, she would have left already. She wouldn't be in the house trying to play hide and seek. Right. You know what I mean? So that is a very infuriating 911 call. And these budgets, these budget cuts are very unfortunate. And they could possibly be dealt with if you have the state of Oregon and the communities around Josephine County coming together to assist the county. Because at the end of the day, whether you're the state police or you're in the sheriff's office, you vowed to protect these citizens. And now you're not. The whole thing is just a super scary situation because she clearly tells the operator, if he gets in, I'm done for. And it's the job of the operator to care. And it's the job of the state police to care and to protect these citizens, to protect this woman who's in fear of her life. She wasn't being rude on the phone. She wasn't demanding anything. She really needed assistance from these people. And there was no way that that situation was going to ever get better. So they should have dispatched an officer. And whenever he got there, he got there. That's unfortunate, but at least they they did everything they could have done. They did their due diligence, and they didn't in this case. And the saddest part about the situation with this 911 call isn't just the 911 call itself, but it's the way the dispatchers acted afterwards. And there's no compassion for what the citizens of Josephine County are going through. And we're, what we're going to play for you now is what happened with dispatch after this call had come in and them trying to figure out what was going on and how to solve this and and hours later after the fact. Because unfortunately, the woman who made the phone call, her ex-boyfriend did break into the house. He broke down the door and he beat her and he choked her and he sexually assaulted her. And now what's going to happen is you're going to hear the aftermath of this play out and you're going to hear how little people care. It's terrible. State police, this is Denise. Hello, Denise. There was a woman on the phone with you about three hours ago from State Junction. She hung up the phone with you while there was a predator outside the hall. Her husband then broke into her home as husband and beat her and raped her. I need an officer down here immediately, and I sure hope you can actually find one this time. Okay, excuse me. You're saying someone called in earlier to report a call? Okay. Um, so you're wanting an officer now for... For what reason? Because after you guys couldn't find an officer to send here, 
The son of a bitch broke into her home. Okay, hold on just a minute. She abused her. Can you get my phone plugged in, hon? It's sitting right there. It's right over there. Stay please. How can I help you? Hi, I need an officer session. For what? Um, because you have a victim sitting out here who is left to defend herself this morning when there wasn't an officer available to help her. Okay. Now, so what is the problem there? We had a woman who can't called in about three hours ago. Okay. Complaining that her ex-husband was at her door. Okay. Um, she was told that she, there was not an officer available to her. She should probably call a friend. Well, unfortunately, you had help. Just a minute, please. Just a minute, please. Oh, yeah. I see. Maybe I should speak to the supervisor. I am the supervisor. And there's no one else about you? Uh, yeah, in Salem. Okay. On Monday morning after 8 a.m. If you'll allow me to explain to you how the situation in Josephine County works. The woman needs help. Then she needs to call the Josephine County Sheriff's Department. She needs to call the Josephine County Sheriff's Department. You have the Oregon State Police. Our jurisdiction falls on state and federal highways, not in counties. So is he still there? Well, he was. 
So that was band around one, and she was advised to contact Joe County and make, you know, um, order protection okay, and damage to the vehicle. Let me back up. What's uh, Michael Bella's, um, this is a person that Tanya's been dealing with over and over again. So what's his date of birth again? Uh, I don't have his date of birth. I can try and get that from County. Okay, what's his 511? Or uh, 12111? 55125 uh, five, WMA. Yeah. Okay. okay. So now, that's part one. Now we have a neighbor calling in. She is now stating that he broke into the home of her friend, assaulted, and raped the woman. Okay. Out in CJ? I believe I heard Denise mention uh, CJ. Yes. Um, oh, she missed out. Uh, just so you know, the lady um, advised the neighbor that she was beaten and raped, so we have no idea. I, did I tell you that where she is? The victim? Right. Is And it also looks like that lady's at the same address, the friend that called it in. Yes. This occurred at... Yes, I'm assuming but, the one that he raped and beat was probably his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, the one that was yelling at Denise that yeah. we didn't come out back then. And we don't have a phone call for, or a phone number? No. I don't know if she hung up on Denise, but I can see if I can get that from County because I'm sure that they're familiar with these people. Michelle, they don't have anybody on, so... It, no, no, I mean, they're... They, should, they can check their system and get a number for you for life contacts. Uh, you're not going to be able to get a hold of anybody because they don't have any dispatch on. Yeah, but 911 does that for us. Okay, I, I've got numbers. I'll probably just go to the residence. So I'll let you know what we're going to do. I'm talking to Tanya right now. We're going to okay. help plan. Thank you. Alrighty, bye. No, it's just, you know, it's bad enough dealing with the public and then in here and them out there and everybody trying to tell us how to do our job. And it's just... 911 emergency. Hi, this is Michelle from State. I need some background uh, information if you guys can help me out. Um, it's going to be a few minutes, so hold on just a second. Okay. Okay. Um, we have a lady who is claiming her friend was assaulted and raped. And I'm looking for some information on these people if you got it. Okay. Um, the person that called it in was a... Do you have a contact number for, for her? No, not our system, and I, I don't have any priors there recently. Or any names like that in the prior. For that address at all? Okay. And how about, I haven't... Yeah, I've got that one. It looks like our last prior there was April of last year, and there was a Michael Bella who was arrested on a restraining order. Yes, yeah, he's the, the third gentleman. I was hoping he had information on. What's his date of birth? Um, it's um. 
He's got a probation violation. Okay, I'm guessing I don't need any more because my okay. trooper. I got some caution on that guy. Okay. He's uh, subject carries a 40 caliber pistol, stated for his protection, and he carries a scanner. Ah. Okay. All right. All right, thanks. All right, no problem. Bye. Bye. 3514. Can I get the address where the second RP was calling from because nobody's answering it? Can you 12 4, please? State Police, this is Denise. This is Tanya. Hi. Michelle's asking me to 12 4. I'm trying to get more input. Okay, hold on. Hey, Tanya. Hey. Uh, County says he has a scanner. That's why I didn't want to give you that. He carries a 40 caliber pistol. I know all this. Okay, well, you guys were asking on the radio. I didn't know you knew that. Um, the second address is. And then County had nothing on her. Okay, but we've never gotten a call from the nope. original call. Right. Breaking in. Yep. Never called to say she was raped. Never called to say he actually did. Um, when Ray talked to them this morning. Her, I can tell there was a disturbance here. Okay, yeah, Ray said she could hear them him yelling at her. Yeah, there was definitely a disturbance in the front door, but I just can't find her. All right, do you want me to call the hospital? Um, let's go to the, the other address. Yes. Okay, that's the address I'll go. Okay. I don't care if he has a scanner. He knows I'm hunting for him, so I know, but I'm not worried about it. Everybody out here has a scanner. So. <laughs> I know. It's you know, if he knows you're looking, you're not gonna have the surprise element on him, you know. I'm not gonna have the surprise element. I've been leaving my business card at his house for the last three weeks, so uh, he knows I'm hunting for him. Okay. Alrighty. And okay. anything else you just want me to give you on the radio, it's no big deal. We're fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, bye. State Police, this is Denise. Denise, is Tanya. Who's the on-call supervisor? Oh, let me look. Uh, looks like 11. Who's that? Uh, is that Bird? I'm yeah, calling. Bird. I'm calling Bird. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Who's on call for the criminal division? I'll check. 3514. Go ahead. It's Fitzgerald. I've tried all three numbers. He's not answering, Crystal. State Police, this is Denise. Hey, Denise, this is Marty. Hello. How are you doing? Okay, how are you? Good, good. Nobody pulling their hair out yet there? In well, a little bit, yeah. I was I was afraid to answer the phone, but it's okay. It's just you. Okay. <laughs> it's not somebody in Cave Junction. Uh, uh, has there already been something going on in Cave Junction? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you're coming on? I'll be on 8 to 6. Okay. I will get you in there. All right. Is there something in Cape Junction I need to respond to right now, or is it over and done? Um, well, yeah, it happened earlier, and supposedly uh, some guy broke in and beat and raped his ex-girlfriend or whatever, and then a neighbor called in screaming at us because we didn't respond earlier, and it's probably going to get ugly. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. But they're calling out. Yeah. Um, uh, Tanya's down there now, and West is down there, and they're calling out criminal. And <laughs> okay. So. All righty. All right. We'll have fun. We'll do. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. 3514. Go ahead. For criminal, will be on call with Sergeant Johnson. Okay. I have a supervisor call me right now. Fifteen, we're 1294. We have Michael Bell in custody at 8.46. Okay, so I know that was a little bit of a long 911 call, and there's two parts of it. So the first thing we want to talk about is the call that the neighbor made on behalf of the victim. And that was crazy because 
What happened was she first tried to call the sheriff's office because at that point, the sheriff's department had opened in Josephine County because it was after 8 a.m. And they told her, first they just acted like, I don't know, I felt like there was a lack of caring about anything. They didn't ask, does an ambulance need to be sent? There was no talk of an ambulance throughout any of those phone calls, which I thought was very bizarre. Right. You know what? I just, first off, I have to say, they should all be ashamed of themselves, all of them. And if I was in any sort of authority or figurehead in this area, I would have them all fired. No one lost their job. No one, oh, no one lost their job. Oh, that's fantastic. But I'm telling you right now, I would. they would all be unemployed. Laughing I, about a rape situation. Listen, it doesn't matter what, the, the, what it is. You need to show compassion. You need to respond. And you need to protect the people... It, who gives? I don't even care about this county shit. It doesn't matter. Right. State police or not. And you know what? The state police they were didn't, horrible. They didn't do anything. They were just as bad as, as Josephine County. Okay? No, they were worse because were now worse. it's their duty. And now they're just... That's the last thing they want to do is respond. And that man was wrong who hung up on her and didn't get any information. Didn't tell her to go to a hospital to get a rape kit. Or to take pictures of, you know, the damage that he had done to her. Or, do you need an ambulance? No, he was a complete asshole. And he hung up on them. Yeah. It's I, it's it's such bullshit. It's such bullshit. And I just, I don't understand how these people can go to sleep at night that let this happen. Okay? Right. And I don't, and I, you know, everyone's going to talk this big game. Oh, life or death. Life or death. That was a life Guess or death. Guess what? He could have killed her. It was life or death because he could have beat her to death. And he's known to carry a gun. And he was known to carry a gun and a scanner. And I don't care that everyone has a scanner. The fact that he has one and is using it to evade law enforcement. Well, if you heard in the 911 call, he, she said to the operator, he knows no one's going to come out because he's been listening to the scanner. And he knows that the deputies that only patrol for a certain amount of time are now off duty. So he doesn't care. He doesn't care that he's on, she's on the phone with somebody because he knows no one's going to come out there. And he's right. They all dropped the ball on this. And for me to listen to this record, this one recording was painful. It was extremely painful for me because if I saw this happening or even if I heard it from a, a, you know, far away, I would be running over there. And I would I would have taken, taken care of it myself. Well, that's what the people of Josephine County now need to do but but here's the here's the thing this isn't just this isn't just a property crime this is something serious that this man needs to be put away for but it's going to be impossible to put him away because there's no investigation of this crime that went down the victim wasn't told not to shower to get a rape kit done at the nearest hospital the crime scene wasn't looked at what evidence can be used to put this man away? I mean, I know it's it's going to be a he said, she said, he has priors because of domestic battery, but at the end of the day, they didn't do anything to ensure the fact that this man could be put away for a long time. The only reason why this man was probably put away is because of all his prior, um, you know, um, his prior... His prior history. His prior history, yeah. exactly. So... And I, I have to say, the, the biggest thing that really bothers me here is is that the one officer in the recording said, 
oh, I've been looking for this guy for two weeks. Okay, well, if she, if, if the victim called early in the morning, okay, and she said his name, his date of birth, his weight, his height, all this shit, it should have been a red flag instantly to go over there, if anything, and grab him. If this per, if they've been looking for him for two weeks with all these prior, like, uh, shit that he has on him, it should be a red flag, an instant red flag, and they should be going over there and grabbing his ass. But that's the problem with giving away calls to the state police, whereas the county, the sheriff's office, they know about the people that they deal with on a day-to-day basis. They know the people that are problems for them, whereas the state has no clue. But if, if the sheriff if the sheriff's department was operating and that phone call came in and she called and said, my ex-boyfriend, Michael Bella, is trying to break into my house, the red flags would have went off. But because the call went to the state police, they have no idea who they're dealing with. And that's why she didn't send anybody out on top of not caring, which is what it seemed like. It seemed like the whole time the state department was just the state police department was just upset that they had to deal with Josephine County. No compassion for someone who might have died in this situation. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I understand. You know, we just talked about this whole entire situation. But like it is with most things that are dealt with in our society, there's just, in my opinion, way too many people involved. There's way too many chiefs, not enough Indians. We, you have too many people that are, you know, they have to talk to this guy, talk to this woman, talk to this guy. It's bullshit. It's too many people involved, and it creates confusion. And that's Correct. exactly what you heard there was confusion. On top of its stupidity, but confusion because there was too many people involved right and nobody knew especially because this is only three months after the budget cuts so i'm sure they were very unfamiliar with the process because that man was wrong in what he said that state police only have jurisdiction over certain areas that's not true the state police now have to respond to josephine county in life or death situations and that's what it was Let's get real. Who, they didn't who, want to go out there. That's the bottom line. Who determines if it's a life or death situation? That's what I'm curious to know. The operator. The operator would be the one to, to determine right. whether or not this is life or death so they can put uh, – then they can dispatch a state trooper out there. That's exactly what it is. So she she should be fired. They all should. Right. They all should. They all are the worst people ever. That woman being caught – recording laughing about the situation and being angry that she's being annoyed and saying she doesn't want to take a call from cave junction yeah it was horrible horrible and you know what she didn't refuse to hide or refuse to leave no she couldn't she couldn't leave and what the fuck good is hiding he's gonna come after you what's the sense of hiding and what's the point of getting a restraining order when he comes to the door if police officer can't come and stop What's him. What's the point of the restraining order? They can't even fucking serve him. Yeah, they can't enforce it. They can't even enforce it. They can't even serve him. Right. It's all bullshit. It's just an easy cop out for the state department, state, you know, state police to right. come Right. They're checking their boxes saying we informed her about getting a restraining order. All it is, order. is a, they're trying to avoid a lawsuit. That's all it is. Right. So, the outcome of that case was we did hear at the end that Michael Bella was arrested. He is going to eventually plead guilty to kidnapping, assault, and sexual abuse. He's going to spend eight years in prison. Good. That's not even... Eight years in prison after his priors, after his parole violation, and warrants were out for his arrest, uh, for other things. I mean, eight years... 
That's ridiculous. At least he got put away. That's that's all I care about, but I agree. Correct. It wasn't harsh enough. Now, in reference to this crime, Sheriff Gilbertson stated, there is not a day that goes by that we don't have another victim. And unfortunately, this wasn't the only incident that occurred after the budget cuts. Before the 911 call incident, there was a reported communication error between the Sheriff's Department and the Oregon State Police that resulted in a five-hour delay in searching for a missing 80-year-old woman with Alzheimer's. She was found dead within miles of her group home. So if someone would have responded to that call immediately, they would have found the woman because her wheelchair, her motorized wheelchair ended up getting stuck. So she was just stopped on the road. She could have been found easily. But because nobody went out to look for her, she died. That's really sad. It is. Now the district attorney is going to comment on the situation in Josephine County. In my opinion, when a person in the county is a victim of a crime, their offenders should be prosecuted and held accountable. Those crime victims deserve justice. If the Sheriff's Patrol Division isn't able to investigate those crimes and then refer those investigations to my office for prosecution, then those crime victims can't get justice. And that's not right. I agree with the man. Me too. And after the budget cuts began in 2012, things are only going to get worse. Crime rapidly increased throughout the county year after year. In the first quarter of 2013, crime rates went up 138%. And over time, by 2016, those crimes averaged out to be increased by 68%. That includes all types of crime, not just property crime. However, with the reduction in forces, it means that these crimes are not responded to for days and the criminals are rarely caught. Even if they are caught, sometimes warnings or summonses are the only thing that are given out because there's no way to book them because that's only open 12 hours a week and there's nowhere to hold them because at that point in 2012, 2013, they could only house 130 inmates. And in 2013, Sheriff Gilbertson commented he would love to compare those statistics to other counties in the state or throughout the whole country, but he didn't even have an employee to spare to do the research. So each year after the 2012 budget cuts, the county voted on a tax levy that would get the sheriff's department operating again. But each year it was voted down in 2013, 14, 15, and 2016. Citizens have mixed feelings about this, which have been posted on their local news network's Facebook page. Some of the responses are as follows. Thank God there's no way we can pay those taxes. Voters are tired of extortion tactics being utilized for local government agencies to receive more money. The county needs to learn to budget better. Others were upset about the vote down. Criminals need to be held accountable, but how can that happen without proper funding? Sad, not surprising, but still sad. And that was after the vote down in 2015. Currently in 2017, the Sheriff's Department has been reduced to less. Now, under the control of David Daniel, the force only has one deputy and one sergeant on patrol. Only two people are on patrol for those few hours Monday through Friday. And those two people have to patrol the entire county. Just a reminder, that's 1,600 square miles. 
and the jail no longer can hold or afford the 130 inmates, the jail now can only house 95 inmates. But they're still required to keep their 21 employees at the jail. Disgraceful. Now, the county commissioner, this is real life, this really happened. The county commissioner, Keith Heck, stated during a television interview about the crisis in Josephine County, when there are no monies, the reality is there's no monies. Wait, seriously? Yeah, that's really what Like he was on TV and he said that? He was on TV and he said that. Oh, my God. Daniel said, now Daniel's the sheriff now, it's no longer Gil Gilbertson, said a typical day is coming in and having 20 to 30 calls to respond to. Those calls could be from days prior. They work to respond to those calls. However, if another active, life-threatening call comes in, they must respond, even if it's across the county, which would take hours to get to. He said at this point, if you have a property crime, you're most likely never going to get a response or visit from the sheriff. They simply do not have the resources. Daniel described one three-day period in particular when he was trying to respond to backed-up cases and a call came in from a 16-year-old girl saying a man was breaking in the house. This was across the county and he raced off. It took hours to get to the girl. Luckily, however, the man had left the property and not harmed the girl. As soon as they got there, they had to respond to an active stolen vehicle case back where they had came from. And by the time they got there, their eight-hour shift was already over. They spent most of the time traveling. The next morning, they learned that the night before, so that night when they weren't working, when they were off their shift after 4 p.m., there was a shootout during a dispute over a trailer. One man was shot dead, and the other man was shot in the leg. It took over eight hours to get to the wounded man. The next morning, they learned that over the night when they weren't working, that a fatal crash happened that involved a DUI, and there was no one on duty to respond when the crash occurred. This is crazy. I know. The amount of shit that happens in Josephine County, and there's no one to enforce anything. No, it, and it took state police hours to get to that crash site as well. At least they responded, though, that time, not like they didn't respond with the Cave Junction case. True. Many citizens have created organizations to keep themselves safe. They're armed, and they patrol the towns with vehicles that they've bought for the purpose of patrolling. They have blue lights on them. And these citizens claim that crime has gone down to 0%. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is something that cannot be substantiated, so we don't... It's. Definitely an unrealistic statistic. But they feel like they have to take matters into their own hands. But this is something that's extremely complicated. And where it is great that the community is getting together and they're protecting themselves, there's something very confusing in the laws of, like, neighborhood watch. Like, for instance, everything that happened with, with the whole George Zimmerman case when he shot Trayvon Martin in Florida. Now, I know it's kind of completely different. It's a different situation. But you can't just go around shooting people if you suspect them of a crime, especially when you're not on your property. So, for instance, if this criminal watch in Josephine County, whichever, they're mostly in Grants Pass, and that's one of the towns in Josephine County. Say they come by someone who's breaking into someone's house. Now, legally, what grounds do you have to stand on that 
you could do anything to that person. You can't because that's not your property. So things get very confusing and they could end up getting in trouble themselves. Yeah, definitely. There's a, there's a big difference between, uh, you know, neighborhood watch and um, vigilante. Oh, yeah. Especially like what happened with Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin where someone's not doing anything and you could be misinterpreting what someone's doing and now look what happened. Right. So it's really opening doors to some crazy things that could happen. Yeah. Uh, Daniels is going to get a little creative with what he's doing with crime scenes. He tried to open up a volunteer system where the volunteers would help him look into property crime and evaluate crime scenes. But these aren't just average everyday citizens. These are retired police officers. So he did work to do that. Daniel really worked to try and fix the problem in Josephine County. Now, as it goes to that whole criminal watch thing where they said it was at 0%, a lot of citizens in the county are not going to agree with that. During an online series produced about the town's struggling police force entitled The Cost, a local businessman is interviewed. Scott Taylor of Taylor Sausages in Cave Junction, as well, said his father established the restaurant in the 1970s. He was asked if he felt crime has gone down since the Criminal Watch program. His eyes grew very wide, and he had a nervous laugh for the camera. He then dared the crew to wander around the center of town in Cave Junction at night and see if they felt safe. He said that he had caught a burglary in process early one morning. As he was chasing the criminal away, he was terrified because he didn't know what he would do if he caught the man. And he added that luckily the man was fast and got away, so he never had to decide. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know what to do, would no, you? No. <laughs> me? Are you kidding me? A black screen with white text appeared on the screen after Scott Taylor's interview, informing viewers that a few days after Taylor's interview, his father and mother's home was broken into and vandalized and thousands of dollars of equipment was stolen from their property. But luckily, the couple was unharmed. Talk about 0%. Yeah, 0%. Another business owner, this one in Grants Pass, owns Grants Pass Liquor Store. He said, We have homeless people sitting in the alleyway. They drink, urinate, defecate, and fornicate. They do whatever they can get away with. If the police are on duty, they're given a ticket or cited. But it doesn't do anything. They stay put. They know there is nowhere to put them. They can't put these people in jail. Yeah. There's no room. Right. Especially because you want to make room for violent offenders. Exactly. You know? That's the thing. There are other accounts of customers in grocery stores in Josephine County walking out with unpaid for carts of food and beer, knowing that there's no deputies on duty. And most, in- most incidents go unreported. Now, Sheriff Dave Daniels is a man with a master's degree in management, three years as an Oregon State Trooper, and a decade on the force in Grants Pass. And he had a vision for the future of the county, and he was determined to pass this tax levy in 2017. The proposed levy that was voted on in May of 2017 was only going to increase taxes by 93 cents for every $1,000 assessed. This would raise the sheriff's budget $3.3 million. If the levy did not pass, the budget would fall another $2.2 million. Finally, the county voted yes on the tax levy. That's about time. 
I mean, it's probably because the rest of these people, they finally realize, like, oh, my God, like, we, we need can't, policing. And we can't protect ourselves. Right, exactly. And the county is going to vote yes, 52% to 48% no. So it really only passed by a very narrow margin. Daniel attributes this to the fact that they knew that they needed to reopen the juvenile facility because back in 2015, they had to shut down the juvenile facility in the county. They would save money by not renting out jail beds from other counties, which ended up costing citizens 13 cents for every $1,000 assessed on their home. And now there's going to be an increase of deputies on patrol and probation staffing, which is very important because they need to keep track of the criminals that live in Josephine County. But many are going to argue that this is still not enough. I can tell you it's probably not enough. No, it's definitely... It's not... I mean, think about the first proposed plan. I mean, it was, you know... So much. It, it was, was nine, $9 million. million over excess of nine million dollars. So this is only a little three. over three million. So I mean, I mean, you're still not you know where you want to be. But I mean, I'll give it to the guy. I'll give it to the sheriff. At least he he made some leeway here. Correct. And you, you have to think this three point three million is going to go a lot less further than that nine million would have went back in two thousand and twelve because they had to reduce the force more and more. Because now right. at this point they only have two people on patrol. I mean you have the actual sheriff on patrol. Right. Which, which never happens. Which never happens. And I will say this good for Josephine Kennedy to have uh Daniels here or Daniel because it seems like he's a smart guy. It does. It seems like he was the right guy who's gonna try and push and get this passed. I mean, Gil Gilbertson was also trying to get it passed, but it just seemed that the people of the county didn't realize how bad things get when you don't have a sheriff's department. And hopefully these other counties in the Western United States that keep voting no on these tax levies are going to realize that law enforcement is something you can't skimp out on. You it's can't. definitely something that you need, especially at a county level, at a town level. You need that because those are the law enforcement officers that are going to know the people that need to be looked after. And that's the case that happened with that 911 call. And it's also the case that happened, unfortunately, with the 80-year-old woman with Alzheimer's. Whereas a past officer could realize, okay, this is where we found her last time and it's where they go. So that's our episode on Josephine County. We'll keep you updated on any new news with tax levies or an increase or decrease in the sheriff's department. I know that the increase isn't going to be felt until 2018. It does still say on the sheriff's website that they only have a few officers on patrol and that they're only going to respond to active life-threatening calls. But hopefully that changes in Josephine County because we never want to see a repeat of that horrifying 911 call. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. I mean, to let that happen is just, it's disgraceful. But hopefully things get better for Josephine County. Very true. Um, so, guys, once again, if you want to just reach out to us on iTunes, leave us a great review, or even on social media, tell us what you think about the episode. Okay? Thanks, Bye, guys. guys.